On this edition of Inside Motorsport, we look at racing from Australia, America, and of course, France. It's a big edition of Inside Motorsport. I hope you'll stay with us. Joining us to travel around the globe is Richard Crowley. Crowley, it's amazing. Europe winter, where you saw some record-breaking stuff. We saw records breaking at Le Mans, and we saw some new records in Toronto. It was a fantastic week for motorsport fans, and I know when we're recording this, it's well past the weekend, and you're still enjoying catching up on what you missed. Yeah, absolutely, Craig. Great weekend of motor racing, and of course, highlighted by the Le Mans 24 hour, which was the talk of everybody in the motorsport world. And uh, the big question going into it was would Porsche finally get the victory? I think everyone knew that they had the fastest car, but they probably had the fastest car last year on their debut or their return to the top class at Le Mans, but obviously didn't go their way. So that was the big question mark, and, and that pitched battle between Audi and Porsche was one that everyone was looking forward to, and it, it didn't disappoint in the end. Audi had a, an amazing challenge, and they had a share of the lead at some times throughout the race. Uh, in the end, though, the Porsches did the business, and a 1-2 result for the amazing 919 Porsche Hybrid. Um, remarkable performance, a win by um, Kiwi El Bamba, amongst others, uh, Nick Tandy and Nico Hockenberg in the lead car, which was an, an outstanding performance by three really good drivers. Great to see a current Formula One driver winning outright, which was great. Obviously, El Bamba, we know and, and love him down, down under because he's had experience racing here in Formula 3 and Porsche Career Cup Australia, amongst other series, and he's a great representative for this part of the world. And there were some other great results throughout the field as well. Kiwi Mitch Evans, uh, second in the LMP2 class. Uh, Ollie Gavin, who we're familiar with through the 12-hour, and, of course, Nick Perkett's co-driver in the Bathurst 1000 won the, uh, the GTE Pro class for Chevy and Corvette. So some great results, some great stories That was out of what was a, a really tough, really challenging motor race. Yeah, it was indeed, and uh, we look forward to the Bathurst 12-hour where we see endurance racing in its purest form back in Australia. And I know this week, Richard, organisers have announced that, that such is the growth of the event, camping now available on the top of the mountain. And I know, talking off-air to you over the, the past six months, you've highlighted to me it won't be long till we start camping on top of the mountain, such as the, the crowd, uh, such as the crowd interest, such as the strength this e event's having. But I think next year's even sooner than what you expected. Yeah, look, I think everyone could see that it was inevitable when we when we sold out the campgrounds down the bottom of the mountain in the, the paddock area, which is over a thousand sites. Uh, when we sold that out this year, and then that spread over into the Max Cameron campground, which is the one behind Hell Corner, behind Turn One, where I stayed this um, year. Yeah, exactly right. I think everyone knew that it was probably inevitable that it happened, but obviously it's a resource issue that, that needs to be looked at because there's more staff required, security, people to manage the campsite, all the other bits and pieces, logistics involved. So they had to be put in place between the promoter and Bathurst Regional Council and everybody involved. Um, and it's been very important to make sure it's done properly because the one thing the event doesn't want to lose is that family-friendly atmosphere. We don't want it to, to go back to the way it was camping on top of the mountain in the 80s and 90s when it was pretty much anything goes. That's not the idea. It's going to be a, a really good family-friendly campsite, um, but another 500 sites open up and it'll create an even better atmosphere, I think, what's already growing into an event with a real unique sort of charm and character about it. So 
that's going to be great. I've got no doubt that that, that will sell out the 500 sites that we've opened up there and um, the paddock campground will be extremely popular as well. So it's great to see that aspect of the race meeting growing. Mm. Now, you're at Winton, as we mentioned, and uh, a 14-year-old winning mm. a V8 Touring Cars round. I, I can remember just a year and a half ago we were having debate was 15 and 16 too young to be driving in this series. We've now eclipsed the question about should they be racing in it. They're winning. Yeah, and 14-year-old Alex Rullo did it brilliantly too. Um, he, he's a super, super talented young racing car driver. He was one of the two drivers caught up in that big debate we had last year around the Phillip Island round when there was a proposal for them to race. They entered and then it got knocked on the head at the last minute. They couldn't run. Uh, remarkable performance. He, he won the third and final race of the Kumo V8 Touring Car Series round at Winton with the Shannon's Nationals. Uh, he's finished second in the two races earlier. He pressured Liam McAdam, who drives for Eggleston Motorsport, who won the championship last year with Justin Regia, and of course they're the top Dunlop Series V8 Supercar team as well. Pressured him all the way. Uh, unfortunately, McAdam had a massive engine failure in race three whilst leading early in the race, and that handed the lead to Rullo. He then had to deal with a long safety car and then pressure from Tony Evangeli, who's a guy that's been around a long time and very, very experienced and about three times his age, uh, to come through and, and grab the race victory and indeed win the round at 14. So he's the youngest ever winner of a CAMS National Championship or Series round ever. Um, of course, the youngest ever winner of a touring car event in Australia ever. Um, and the records are just, just phenomenal. They're unbelievable. So... Great stuff, but it's not unprecedented. Mitch Evans started racing in Australia when he was 14 and was on the podium in Formula Ford, so at a national level. So it's not unprecedented. They can do it, but I think it takes a pretty special one to do it properly and prove that kids that age can do the business behind the wheel of the racing car. What's incredible is that he turned 15 the Monday after the race meeting, but he's still a year and a half or so away from even thinking about getting his uh, his learners for the road. So he's got a lot of racing to go before he can be allowed to drive on the street. Mm. Now, John Collins has taken out the victory in Formula 3. And, uh, we, of course, we spoke to Rippy, Ricky Capo just after his success at the first round. And uh, he looks like it's going to be a very, very competitive Formula 3 championship this year. Yeah, it's certainly a battle between the two of them for the outright uh, championship this year. But... It's been really good, and, and they had a couple of really good races there between the two, trading lap records, um, trading positions in race one. They had a really good squabble for the lead. Um, but John, John's done a superb job. He's he asserted himself at the pointy end of the field. Uh, the last two rounds had a, a great victory at Phillip Island a few weeks ago and backed it up at Winton. Completely different style of track. But Ricky will bounce back. He's a, a fast young guy and showing a lot of uh, a lot of potential this year. I like what I'm seeing. He's shown some great maturity and the way that he dealt with the weekend where he got done for rolling at the start and he had a bit of a spin early in race three while chasing Collins down. Um, the way he dealt with those and bounced back and showed a lot of maturity and that's uh, always a positive sign for young open wheel drivers. Yeah. Now uh, Cameron Hill has uh, taken the victory in the rejuvenated Australian Formula Ford series. I don't think mm. it's a championship anymore, but Correct. series. And, of course, Ryan Simpson in another series that's close to your heart, the GT3 Cup Challenge. It uh, is Simpson who is really imposing himself on this year's championship. Yeah, he's a ripper driver, Ryan Simpson. We've seen what he can do over the last couple of years in 
the Kumo V8. She's doing it now in G3 Cup, broke the lap record at Winston en route to winning all three races, including the first of the Jim Richardson Juro Trophy events, which was held on Saturday evening, which is a, a superb motor race. He's fantastic. As for form of the Ford, 20 cars on the grid, which is a superb effort for those guys. Uh, really good racing too. Cameron Hill uh, won the round. He's the third different round winner from three rounds so far, the halfway point of the championship, and that put him on top too. Uh, young Christian Marina, who drives for Sonic Motor Racing, had an absolutely wretched weekend. Uh, only scored half a dozen points, and that really dropped him down uh, from the lead of the championship to third in the space of three races, which is very, very frustrating for him. But plenty more good open wheel racing to come from them as the season goes on, and they'll be racing at Sydney in three weeks, as will Jetty 3 Cup, which has 22 cars on the grid at Winton Craig, which is just an outstanding result. And Porsche motor racing, one make racing in Australia, is going gangbusters at the moment. Mm, and, uh, of course, this is the start of the pyramid to their LMP1 program as yeah. uh, was seen by some of the drivers in the 19 car, which was the additional car they put in for Le Mans. So uh, I know I'm tracking over old ground there. But before we move on to Toronto in the uh, remaining time, I do have some housekeeping to do. Last mm. week we played an interview on Inside Motorsport with Brian Pearson. On the same day as the interview went to air, he was relieved of his duties at Winton Motor Raceway and he's no longer the CEO there. Uh, I guess having a, a, a national championship event that weekend, any uh, any hiccups with the change of management uh, at the track, Richard? Uh, short answer is no. Uh, it, it all ran very, very smoothly and, and full credit has got to go to the staff there that did a superb job. Wayne Williams has stepped up to be interim CEO in the meantime, um, yeah, really, really strange circumstance. But but the people that are there got a, got down to the business of just doing running a race meeting, and we've seen pretty climactic change at that place over the last eighteen months. Um, management upheavals. Obviously, we lost Mick Ronk last year. Um, it, it's changed the way it's run the place. There's still some politics to go. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that will come out in the wash over the next six months or so with what went on last week. Um, but, no, look, full credit to the Winton organisers who did a great job over the weekend. Very smoothly run race meeting. They were, they were great to deal with. They, um, they'd up their promotion and marketing of the event uh, to the local media and to the local fans, and we saw an increase in punters rocking up and enjoying the motor racing as a result. So they did a, a superb job in pretty tough circumstances, so I can't say enough about how they operated in what must be a pretty weird time uh, for everyone working there. Mm. All right, uh to Toronto now and the IndyCar series, uh, another one of your loves. And Joseph Newgarten, second win of the year. It's hard to believe that, what, three years ago he plummeted into the wall when he should have won the Indy 500 at the last corner in his rookie year. And uh, now it's that promise is being realised. He's a super driver. The youngster from uh, Nashville in Tennessee He's exactly what IndyCar needs. He's young, he's bright, he's humorous and very, very fast too. So, great driver. Uh, more impressively was that it was a one-two result for um, the CFH Racing outfit, which which merged the two cars this year with Sarah Fisher's team and uh, Ed Carpenter's team joining forces. Luca Filippi, the Italian driver, finished second. They got a little bit lucky with strategy. Race started in the rain and dried out, and there was a little bit of rain towards the end. Um, they made the right call to go to slicks at the right time, which put them on top. But IndyCar racing, as we all know, is so much about getting the right calls at the right time. 
And if you nail it, you look like a hero. And if you don't, you'll be right at the back of the field. And um, a couple of people got it very, very right with how they called the strategy. Roger Penske was one of them, calling the shots for Elio Castroneves. Uh, got him elevated quite high up the order after being down the field a little bit early with a great call towards the end. So really good result. Um, that was uh, you know, We've had eight different winners in ten races in Newcastle so, uh, so far. And uh, aside from Juan Montoya, he won the Indy 500 and the first round of the championship at St. Pete. Newgarden's the only other two-time winner. So it's a great result for IndyCar to have those two guys uh, racing towards the front of the table. Uh, Will Power finished in the top five, so more consistent points for him, and he's about 25, I think it is now, behind Montoya for the championship, heading into the final six races. So he's still very much a shot at, uh, at going back-to-back. And uh, a good stat. Also, uh, Craig, and I know you love a stat, Will Power got pole in Toronto, the 41st of his career, which eclipsed Rick Mears for fifth on the all-time IndyCar pole list which is just an unbelievable effort by the man from Toowoomba. So we know how good he is over one lap. Indeed, he is uh, a great driver. Not only over one lap, but uh, he is just uh, an all-round great driver and really enjoying the IndyCar series. Richard, always a pleasure to catch up with you and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks, Craig. It's busy from here, doesn't it? Does indeed. Looking forward to it, that is for sure. That's all we have time for on Inside Motorsport this week. Until next time round, keep smiling. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.